Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So how's it going, boys? I'm great. Pretty good. Thanks for asking. Pretty good. Summer summers feels over. Let me take a look here at the Kickstarter campaign. We are sitting at $122,000 for 957 backers. How is this compared to where we were last time? Is anything have you changed? Is any feeling it's changed positively, negatively? Uh Definitely the ads didn't work like we thought they were going to work. Okay, this is going to be like one of my biggest questions today. So as a recap, you were working with one of these Kickstarter advertising companies yeah. to see if they could help like juice the numbers. Yeah. What was that process like? What did you have to do? Oh, it's pretty easy, actually. You just kind of set up some technical stuff. The biggest thing is like the ad creative in terms of like, you gave them like assets and and they and they write the copy and kind of do the ad placements media buying um and so the tricky thing that no one knows right is like you know you just have no idea what the um what the market's like that you're selling into and like what the how to even sell it or whatever and we've never really done ads seriously for a kickstarter and Part of that was we tried it once before. Yeah, but previously. we didn't really push it. I don't think like we weren't really comfortable with the same like ROAS calculations and stuff. And so I think we were always a little gum chai when even if there was there could have been traction back there back then, and we wouldn't have even probably recognized it or been in, in the place to like go for it if there was traction. So this feels like the first time where if there was traction, we would have really went for it like budget wise. So. So that, so that's the thing that's changed a little bit. And I think and the other reason why in the past we may have been a little bit gum chai of using ads is because like you don't exactly know the story that resonates with people, like when, what you're selling exactly. Like it's the Kickstarter is kind of your first crack at like what a, like what the story is. Um, and so with ads, it's even trickier because you're not asking people to do a normal e-commerce thing. You're doing, you're asking them to do like a Kickstarter, like a Kickstarter thing. Like here, go here and then do pledge on hey, Kickstarter. you don't know me, yeah. trust me with this money for. Yeah, well, and mm-hmm. like what is Kickstarter or like all yeah. this stuff. And, you know, we have like probably one of the highest trust brands on like you could have at Kickstarter because we've been doing it for so long. But people don't see that or ever think about that mm-hmm. coming in cold. So mm-hmm. the ad, long story short, the ads were not working enough for us to like pump budget into it a lot. Um, and then we took a different track and had our friend make an ad uh, for it. That was a completely different kind of vibe. And that is working better in some, but again, not enough to like, oh, let's push a ton of budget to it. And so it's interesting because I mean, we were kind of thinking that this might happen where it's like for an audience that that knows us and can trust that we'll make something good, this, like you know, kind of like pricey object 
can make sense. Like they can imagine it. But for someone who's completely cold and they're just like, I don't mm-hmm. like it's a hard sell. Images is absolutely a hard sell. And so the question will be like in the future is, is this an object that people buy as a second or third product from us? Or is it, is there a way to market it with enough, with enough social proof and reviews and stuff to where people will do that? But we just don't have that right now. Exactly. Right. We don't have all this like historical, like, Oh, I've been using this box opener and it's changed my life and experience. We don't have that going around. Exactly. We have some, but not a lot. And so, that's kind of how we're thinking about it. Um, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's like the smear of like what we think about this like ad thing with this product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's complicated, right? It is. It's like yeah. there are so many circles in the Venn diagram. You got Kickstarter ads. You have ninety dollar utility knife, right? Like it's like there are so many things. It's like complicated to really know. Because obviously Kickstarter ads do work in general. So we could, okay, for instance, we could, we were like breaking even on the ads. So like we could pump a ton of budget into it and probably like work really hard to like up our backers. But we're not really probably making any money off those people or very little. And so it becomes risk. It's like risk central. It's like, oh, here's this thing. What if something goes wrong in production? It's not the margins we thought we had blah, blah, blah. And because we're interested in having this product in our lineup and then selling it ongoing, that's really about the long game. It's really about this like marathon. So there's no reason to like crazy juice the Kickstarter campaign to like get this big bang. Cause really it's about long, we want it for the long term, Right. And so yeah. it's just not yeah. worth the risk for us to like do that. And I can tell you like I'm not certain about this, but I'm pretty sure when you see these Kickstarter campaigns of like multi-million dollars and stuff, like maybe they make zero money or they're like, or, or lose money because it's just like super juiced uh, ad spend and customer acquisition costs to get the numbers up high because it seems hype or to meet minimums or something. But we designed this whole thing yeah. to where it doesn't need crazy minimums to, to pull it off. So I think like, but I would say on the second, like if we had a different product or we were getting like a three, like a two and a half ROAS or something, return on ad spend, we would have probably put quite a bit of budget into it just to do more. So it's really oh, well, just that, like this. That's sensible though, right? Like that's that's mm-hmm. the sensible response to getting yeah. a, a, a positive return. But if it was in yeah. stable you know, like if you were just getting in, getting out what you were putting in, there's kind of no point in doing it. Well, there is. I mean, there are points. Like you can up your. Well, but, not, but you, as you say, you're just introducing more potential risk yeah. factors yeah. for no real benefit financially. And so then maybe the better thing to do is the existing playbook, which is let's just do the Kickstarter campaign, use the money to order more of them, and then make ads when the product's in stock and then refine that, right? Yeah, 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 no, totally. And, and that's what we need to do because yeah. we know like our is like we're going to have this thing for a long time. So it's like it's worth, yeah. <laughs> you know, making ads that. But again, we'll learn like we will learn like slowly what ads work, you know, and stuff. And so you can kind of organically get yeah. there. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, but again, I would say like if we the next Kickstarter, if we see that traction, like we would totally spend money on ads, like because it's mm-hmm. it is if you could do it without adding a bunch of like bottom like top line risk then it's it's fine so you know uh 
that's kind of, that's where it is, I'd say. Um, and so in terms of the campaign, like I, it's cool. I mean, I think it will, it'll be go to good pace and it's a, it's kind of, it's probably a little bit bigger than I thought it was going to do. Like if I was, mm-hmm. if I was considering we weren't doing any ads and we were just going off like our, like our audience and the organic, then it's doing better than I thought it was going to do. Cause like we knew it was like a niche thing going in. So our hope obviously was that the ads, that there's a, there, there's a sale we could, like there's like a story we could tell that would convert. And then we were like, Oh, maybe then we could just not fo- depend on audience and organic. <laughs> but, uh, but that's where we are. And it's great. It's good. It's like, it, so it will be, it will like work well. And, um, you know, it'll be kind of our, just kind of a normal 13th, 13th, right? Like our normal yeah. Yeah, kind of process. So, yeah. So that's cool. I mean, it looks like it's probably on track that you will have more backers than you did the Mark three, which I think yeah. is would not necessarily, I wouldn't have expected that to be the case. Yeah, me like, neither. Yeah. Mark three was like the logical net, one of the logical next products in the existing lineup. Yeah. And then the keen is, is kind of out of left field for what, for the product. Well, not only for what we do, but yeah, just like for, yeah. it doesn't, it's like a new category of object kind of in yeah. some ways. So, so that seems very positive yeah. to me. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, I think we've got a little bit over the the. I don't know if it's quite the trough of dif- disillusionment, but you know, like some of the feedback we got of like, oh, this is too expensive. Like, what? Too expensive? I think we're have like heard it and accepted that, and so that's nice to be kind of over the hump. Like, re, we yeah. we reconvince ourselves that this was the right product. Like, what always happens? It doesn't always happen, but often it's like you do something, you've convinced yourself it's the right decision. Then you get like some criticism when you launch it, when you release it. And then you have to be like, wait, is that true? Mm-hmm. Or, or like what? Mm-hmm. And we <laughs> definitely like got hit with that. We're like, okay, is it true? But then you uh, sl- you slowly like reconvince yourself like, no, these were the right decisions. Like this is right. This is just what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. so I think we're on the other. You're, do you feel like you're on the other side of that, Dan? I definitely feel like I'm on the other side of that. Yeah, I mean, it's this product more than any product we have ever released is the main thing people are commenting on is the price. And so that is new for us. And there's that old saying, like, if nobody is complaining about price, it's price too low. I don't know if I agree with that, but that is a that is a business cliche. Um, But we I have confidence in the fact that there's no games here. Like we're charging the price it costs to make with the margins we have on all of our other products, which are the margins we need to sustain our business. So it's like, it's not some inflated price. It's that this is a fancy, nice thing that costs this much to make. And so a lot of it is the the reason it's interesting to me. And we, and we talked about this last episode, like what are we allowed to make a nice version of? Because we nobody really complains about the price of our pens. It's like the exact same situation. You can buy a pen in a drugstore for 50 cents, but this is the nice version of that. And it costs around a hundred dollars. And so utility blade, exact same situation. You can buy a cheapo plastic one for almost nothing, but I'm so, you know, I have, you know, these prototypes, these production sample prototypes at home that I use literally every day. And it's just such a pleasure to use every time I use it. I'm just like, it, it, it like reinstills my confidence in it whenever I pull it off the fridge to 
open an Amazon box and it's just like, this is a tiny bit of joy in my life, like using this and, and deploying the slider and feeling that magnetic latch and all everything that goes into it. And so I do not fault anyone for balking at the price because there's no getting around that. It's like, yeah, you have to make a decision. Are you going to be a person that buys a hundred dollar utility knife or not? But I guess my argument is, boy, do we open a lot of boxes these days. (laughs) And if you want to add a little bit of joy to that process, like this is one way you can do that. Yeah. But I just think it's, you know, it's just nice. This is like a, like a pattern. Like it is totally a pattern. Uh, I think this time is a little bit more in some ways, but is always kind of happens. And so it's nice to be on the other side of that and just being like, yep. you know, accepting of the product and being like, okay, no, this was right. And now let's just like keep moving forward. So I would say that's the biggest like change in terms of like internally for us is just like having going through that and then coming back out of it. Um, Realistically for something like this, what you want people to say, like, you know, you go to someone's house and they have this thing like, Oh, what do you think of that? It's expensive. But it's worth it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> like that, which is the, that's the, truth. the result, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's what you want people to say. Yeah. And I think that there is clearly place in the world for products like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, like I said, like that's cool that that hypothesis turned out to be generally true, um, and that's good. I just think it's you know it's a good it's a good reminder that like you know pe- you know like celebrities and stuff talking about this where they like you know, they're public and then they, they make it like a million faves or nice comments and they get like one or two and it like really cuts them down. And that is like, <laughs> Hello, I, think, I would like to introduce you to Mike. Hurley. Yeah. He feels <laughs> I know. Well, everyone, <laughs> right? This is the thing that I deal with in my life. Every, like basically every day. Yeah. But like, <laughs> people say, say un, just like an unimaginable, nice amount of things to me, but mm. I only ever think about the bad. Ones. I know. Yeah. <laughs> which is true. And so when you're at least when like you're always irrationalizing, right? And like justifying it, whatever. And that always, but that's the same thing happens with like product design or like releasing things business wise or whatever. And I feel like we could be Apple. Like I'm sure this happens to Apple, Apple execs and like whoever, right? It's like you could imagine as successful and big as a person as you want. And this dynamic still happens and we knew it was going to yeah. happen. But it's, it's just when you expect it and you know it's going to happen. The people that can deal with it are the people that have bad things saying to them all the time. I don't know. Like, they probably just, but they just have a different rationalization system, I'm sure. You yeah. know, like they, yeah. they just can rationalize it too. I mean, they can deal with it because it's like that. their life is just being like people just don't like them, but yeah. then they just turn that into their thing. And then it's just like, well, my thing is that people don't like me. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. just like, and then they, they go to it, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, anyways, you know, it's, it's, I, it absolutely comes with the territory. And, and, um, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, so, anyways, I would say that's the most durable thing difference is just we're on the other side of that and um and you know we still have some ads we actually still have some like ads up and budget going with uh like kind of our normal ad guys and it's not it's like kind of okay but not enough to like let's go full blast on this you know um which is awesome because we also get data like right away for like marketing stuff so so i i think that was good i think definitely for every kickstarter we will put the work in to do some first stabs at marketing te- testing just because it just makes sense. It just seems to make sense now for us. But um, like for, I mean like paid ad marketing. I have a question for you. It comes from Steve. 
on the, mm-hmm. on, it says, as I was listening to the latest podcast, I was hoping you might talk a little about how you came up with the name. In fact, mm. if you're willing, I think this would be a great topic for the, ne- for the next episode. Naming is hard, and I'm sure you kicked around a lot of possibilities before deciding on Keen. Naming is hard. How did we you do that? You're correct, idea? Steve. Uh, like always, it's we just... I just start typing up a list of words and names and see if anything sticks. I'm staring at it now. My approach is generally there are kind of three or four broad categories a name for a product can go into. One is it, the name relates or speaks to the functionality or what it does in some way. The other approach is the name addresses the form or the appearance of it in some way. So like glyph would be an example of this or like cosmonaut. We, we thought it looked like a rocket ship. And so we went down that path and then there is uh, this other category that we haven't really done, which is just give it a name. And then the name becomes the name of the thing. Like it's just the name. Yeah. Like um, not a non sequitur exactly, but, so like James Brand, if you have a knife that's called like the Klein or something, it might be like named after a person or named after a location. It doesn't really have anything to do with the knife. It's just this thing needs a name. Let's co- find a cool word. So <laughs> one idea, which we did not do, obviously, which I thought was like cheeky and funny is so kind of the I was just researching utility blades and uh, box cutters and stuff, trying to come up with ideas for a name. And it seems like Stanley tools is generally credited with kind of like the first iteration of what we know today as like a modern utility blade. And so I was like, Stanley reminded me of the character Stanley uh, Hudson in the office. And so I was like, what if this thing is called the Hudson? Like as a nod to <laughs> so, Stanley. I don't know. You probably came across this in your research, but in the UK, they are just called Stanley knives. Uh, right. Like they, yeah. they have like a Kleenex kind of thing. Uh-huh. Where like mm-hmm. Proprietary. A utility eponym. blade in the UK is just called a Stanley knife. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I came across that. And so I was like, it was yep. just the Hudson knife. And That's uh, cute, yeah. So we didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, I just, I keen edge, hone, blade, slice, but I was trying to do something with box cutter. Like what if it B X C T T R like box cutter, but remove all the vowels. Like you have to get God, all your stupid ideas. 2005. Ide- you have you to get, get all your out. stupid ideas out there. You gotta get them out. Um, so what, what does the word keen mean? It means sharp. Yeah. I mean, it means huh. when you say like a keen observation, it means a sharp observation, a sharp observation, okay. but it also, it also literally means sharp. Uh, like you can use it in that context too. Cause like I'm um, familiar with like, Oh, he's keen. Yeah. You know? but right, like exactly. I, I, I yeah. wasn't sure what it meant in terms of knives. I didn't yeah. know it meant, it meant sharp, but that, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So that really clicked. And then I also, I'm a fan of like keen and it's similar with like studio neat too. It's like, it's a little bit it's keen dorky. Dorky is yeah. not the right word, but it's like kind of friendly, nerdy. Playful, it's kind of just friendly and kind of nice sounding. Yeah. yeah. And so that we landed on, I felt good about. And then the decision was how do we actually talk about this object? Is it called keen or do we always call it keen knife? Like, or keen blade? Like, does it have or this the keen, the keen? Um, and so 
that was more just like kicking it around between the two of us and and, ta- and just u- starting to use the name to talk about it and see what naturally happened. And it ended up just being keen was enough. It didn't need a, mm-hmm. an additional, it's, you know. It's funny, though, because there is that danger of once Dan and I start using it or like change. It's usually like we change the file names to it or something. And that's really when it's done. <laughs> once we do that, it becomes stuck on our heads and it becomes normalized and you can't evaluate it anymore. And so I'm always resistant to like, I remember, I think with this, right, I think you came up with Keen pretty quickly. I think you just like just suggested mm-hmm. it. And I was like, actually, that's pretty nice. It was pretty easy because Dan just like suggested it. But I was like, we need to, I think I remember being like, we need to hold off on deciding on that and see if there's other stuff that comes up. Because once you kind of decide this crazy thing happens where you just forget and then you can't evaluate anymore. Like, is it good? Is it bad? Is it like, it's impossible. So like we actually just went through, we have a product that's coming out. Like we won't say the name of it cause we'll give it away, but uh, coming out in a couple months. And that one really was a journey of just like, <laughs> is this really the name we're going to pick? <laughs> and we like pick it. And then once we accept it, it's like, okay, it's fine. But it, it's like a, it's a process of like, ah, cause I don't think I've ever, Dan, Dan, what's your favorite name of thing that we've named? Like, what's the best name we've come up with, you think? Mm, I kind of hate them all. You hate them all? I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never, I'm never like, heck yeah, I'm proud of that name. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I they're a little. I actually, well, I like Pano Book. That one's pretty good. That like seems to do the best job of not being overly cute, like describing what it is and what it looks like at the same time. Mm, that's a good name. That feels, that feels pretty natural. I actually like Mark one as well, even though it's like wrong, kind of like, it's not the first iteration in a line of iterations. Like we're kind of misusing Mark one, <laughs> um, but it feels like a good name for it. I like it. Yeah. I am skeptical of our like Mark two, Mark three, like <laughs> convention. Yeah. I think it's confusing and I don't think customers, I think it's confusing, yeah. but I don't think we could change now. Yeah. So, but it right also now. is really yeah. nice to not have to think of a product name when we make a new. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But it's, <laughs> so yeah. So it's, it's, I, I, I know I always know that I will eventually be fine with the name that we pick and it will be fine. And I think if for most people think it's fine because they just hear it and it's like, oh, that's the name. But but it is always a little awkward of a just like, it rarely feels like, yeah, that's it. But Keen actually felt like, yeah, yeah. that was quick and nice. Yeah, I, I should also yeah. add part of this process yeah. is coming up with these list of ideas and then Googling them to see if there are any kind of non-starters. Oh, yeah. So for example, Name Slice is stuff. just off the table because there's a company that's called yep. Slice that Huge makes company. various yeah. scissors and cutters and other instruments. Um, and so this bit us with uh, our iPhone, our stop motion iPhone app back in 2013 or whatever that was. Uh, it was originally called Frames, which was like, oh, that's such a great name. It was kind of in line with uh, like numbers or pages. Like it was a very Apple-y way to, uh, it's mm. called frames, a uh, very simple. And then, you know, almost immediately it's like we had failed to Google, I guess. And there was like another, another company that made a Mac. Well, I think it was also just small. Yeah. I think the thing that like our app was big. Yeah. Game, it but... wasn't an iPhone app, but they had a software, uh, I think like a windows stop or Mac motion. software for stop. It was like a stop motion app also. And it was called frames. Yeah. So, that was a journey actually to figure out 
It's hard to name a product. I think it's even harder to rename a product. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> no. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> so, yeah, we let a frameographer, which we're not happy with. Yeah, if you've settled on something and now yeah. it's like, oh, but now it's time yeah. to, to change it. Yeah. yeah. But it's almost never a clear thing. It's never a hundred percent clear too on the naming thing. Like you know, there's always some name pollution thing, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, is this going to be a problem? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I've been using a little, trying to use ChatGTP for name suggestions, and it, I don't think it's really ever been successful. But it's it works pretty. good. I did it. I did it, and I was happy. Like, so we're making a, a like a weekly agenda version of the Psychic Notepad. Uh-huh. And so, like, well, instead of the dot grid, it's going to just be, like, cut into a week and you just have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so you could just have it and just write down your little diary entries or whatever. And I was, like, just talking with ChatGPT for, like, 10 minutes and bouncing around ideas, and it came up with Sidekick Calendar Companion. Mm. It was, like, perfect. <laughs> like, because I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it because I... You know, I could all I could do was like psychic agenda, but like it made it sound like that the notepad has like a problem with you and it has its own agenda. Like, and I really, once I thought of that, agenda. I couldn't get it out of my mind. Like the the psychic agenda is like, oh no. Yeah. And so like that's something we're gonna that's probably gonna be later on in the year. But like that was I found that very useful because it's like I know I could describe what I was looking for. Yeah. But I couldn't think of the words to use, and we kind of got there. Me and ChatGPT got there in the end. It feels like, yeah, like it does a good job of a lot of brainstorming options. So if you feel, yeah. I, I saw, I have this like weird computer empathy thing where I'm like, I don't want to make it do a lot of work. But sometimes <laughs> it'll be like, give me a hundred versions of that. Like, Well, list I say 100. please and thank you a lot, <laughs> yeah. which I showed to Gray and he thinks is hilarious. He thinks that is incredibly funny. <laughs> I think, I think that's gonna, that's gonna save us in the robot apocalypse. Our, <laughs> our, uh, our please and thank yous. <laughs> But I ended up like it generated like seventy in the end, uh-huh. and that this was the one that I went with. It was actually from like it was in the first ten that it suggested, but I just wanted to keep like keep pushing. Can we just keep trying? And like it's like a speed running of brainstorming, basically. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's good. I'll keep doing it, but so far it hasn't hit it out of the park. I don't think. Mm-hmm. But it didn't suggest. You came up with that new, the new name, right? For the new product we're talking about, right, Dan? Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's, it is faster at, uh, just coming up with a bunch of words. My previous approach was like using a th- online thesaurus and then kind yes. of pivoting word this to is word. The, this and, is getting rid of the yeah, thesaurus. Yeah. It's, it's much faster. That, that's what that, it's doing yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. It's like I could sit for five hours and go, like, just keep clicking words on dictionary.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I can just spend 10 minutes and ChatGPT will just do it for me instead. And like, I find that to be just like a helpful, like brainstorming mm-hmm. yeah. tool. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you do this, but just, we don't need to turn this like AI chat, but uh, <laughs> I will often like respond like, oh, I liked these three out of that list. And at the end, I'll say, hey, can you just summarize all the ones that I liked with simple descriptions so that I can send it to someone? And it like puts a perfect, like little oh, text description. Oh, like, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, because it knows the ones you like. Like if you say, like, I like these mm-hmm. as you're going, yeah. and then it will just summarize. And it's just like, oh, yeah, good job, <laughs> you. You're made for this. <laughs> it's like you. Little robot. Yeah. <laughs> robot. Do you want to talk about St. Jude? Let's do it. 
Yeah. So September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and each and every year here at Relay FM, we all join together to support the life-saving work of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. They have a very simple mission. St. Jude will not stop until no child dies from cancer. And with your support, we'll be one step closer to that day, one cure closer, one child closer. Quite simply, St. Jude cares for some of the world's sickest children. They do this regardless of their race, ethnicity, beliefs, or ability to pay. The patients at St. Jude, they receive customized care. This is stuff that is needed to treat childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases, and St. Jude provides this to them no matter what barriers they face. Because of its supporters, St. Jude can provide children with cutting-edge treatments not covered by insurance at no cost to families. They never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, medicine, food, anything, meaning that all these families have to do is focus on what matters most, helping their child survive. This September, join Relay FM and St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in recognizing Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and honor those impacted by childhood cancer. Over the last five years, the community has come together to raise over $2.2 million for the kids of St. Jude. Actually, it's over $2.3 million now. It was $2.2 million when we wrote this, and now we passed like $160,000, grand, I think. Um, and this year, we're aiming to reach $2.5 million uh, all time, but we obviously want to push that even further. And we have a bunch of ways that we will thank you if you make a donation. Donors who make an individual gift of $60 or more will receive a digital bundle of Relay FM focused wallpapers and screensavers. Uh, donors who make an individual gift of $100 or more will get this and some stickers as a thank you, featuring some new designs that we've got going for this campaign. Uh, you can also sign up to fundraise yourself to help us reach our goals while earning exclusive Relay FM merch. If you sign up at stjude.org slash Relay, and you can fundraise yourself. So you can go around to your friends, your family, your co-workers, your own community and say, hey, you should support the mission of St. Jude. And you can give them a link and they can donate to your campaign. Fundraisers who raise at least $1 will receive a challenge coin of the 2023 edition. Fundraisers who raise $250 or more will receive a just stupendous desk mat. Uh, you can go to stjude.org slash relay and you can see the designs there. And new for this year, the top 50 fundraisers at the end of the campaign will receive a limited edition tote bag with uh, Relay FM and St. Jude logo on it, which is really cool. So there's tons of ways to get involved. You can donate, you can fundraise, you can just share the message with people that are important to you in your life and maybe they have money to give. Please go to stjude.org slash relay to donate and to find out more about fundraising. That is stjude.org slash relay to learn more and donate. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. With your support, we'll be one step closer to that day, one cure closer, one child closer, this month and every month. Let's cure childhood cancer together. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good enough cause, Mike. <laughs> You're not sure? What more do you need? Not convinced. I don't know. <laughs> He's not convinced. Do you, want, do you want some more facts, Tom? I'll give you some more facts. So, let's see if I can convince you. Uh, since St. Jude opened in 1962, they have been instrumental in pushing the childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. Eh. Is that enough? Nah, okay, let me see if I got anything more. I think I've run out. I think I've run out. I guess. I suppose okay. it's a worthy cause. <laughs> Uh, we got him, everyone. We got that's him. Right? Yeah. Do we get to? Do we get to have our shameless uh, 
Our shameless sales mm. time? I think what you find is merciless, merciless fundraising. fundraising. Merciless fundraising. Merciless fundraising is back. I actually had a friend text me a couple of days ago and said, is merciless fundraising <laughs> coming back? Right. And I was like, well, you have to wait. And <laughs> because, you noobs, listen here. Listen here. It's children, okay? I mean, like, what are you monsters even like second guessing here? If, like, what's the if deal? If you would even dare spend $100 on a utility knife... <laughs> You yeah. you better be giving at least that much. The same if you even clicked on the Kickstarter link, it's like, come on, pay the childhood cancer tax. Yes, exactly. Right. For all your knife. That's right. For your consumer well, Dan, sins. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about something we are doing? Yeah, we're we are having a a repeat of last year. We're bringing it back. the The demand, the the fo- people have spoken. They want the uh, the gold pen to be up for raffle again. So I think we're doing it ex- uh, exactly the same as we did last year. So we, we got five of these steel gold PVD coated Mark ones that will be up for raffle. And so we'll link to the website that gives the details, but it's a um, basically buy a, a raffle ticket is $20 and you can buy as many as you want in that, uh, that gets you more lottery tickets essentially. And then also the highest, uh, the top donor just gets a pen straight off the bat. So actually we have to count the number of of pens. We, I think it'll be four, four raffle pens and then one pen to the top, uh, to the top donor. And, uh, crucially in the comments field, when you donate, you have to write thoroughly considered. If you don't do that, you're not eligible. There's no double dipping happening okay if you've already made a donation you got to make another donation right and i will say now that we've this is the second year we've done this first of all do not think we're going to be doing this every year because we will change it up and probably do something different next year but those pins are awesome (laughs) (laughs) like they're like really cool (laughs) they're uh just like quite the object and so um uh, it is, it's a pretty special little object. It's not just gold. It's like all steel, sandblasted, PVD. It's just like pretty, pretty cool. So it is quite the limited edition object. Uh, I If we don't do it next year, and we probably won't, there's only like 10 in the world. So <laughs> pretty yeah. fancy. All right. There's a link in the show notes. I'm going to read again to be super clear about how to enter. Go to stjude.org slash relay and make a donation of at least $20. Every $20 entry is one raffle ticket. So the more you donate, the more chances you have to win. And In the comments ju- field... Sorry, just donate, to be clear, mm-hmm. just make one donation. Yes. Like, don't make lots of $20 yes, donation. donations. Just make a $100 donation, <laughs> make and that donation. gives you five tickets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, but the more the more your value, the more entries mm-hmm. you have. But it's every $20 is equivalent to one entry. In the comments field, you must write the words thoroughly considered... This is guerrilla marketing. <laughs> uh, if you miss this step, your entry is ineligible. Forward a copy of your donation receipt to hello at studioneat.com before October 1st, and you will be put into the raffle. Uh, I will also include a link in the show notes to what I sent you, is to listen to David, who sent me a picture a couple of days ago of their absolutely decked out situation of all of the previous like backer rewards. <laughs> And the pen, mm. the wow. gold pen. It's the first one I've ever seen. Whoa. 
David was one of the gold pen recipients. Whoa! In the black box. Yes. Yeah. I know. It's 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 actually really sick, and, and it's it's funny because yeah. it's not just it's not just a different color. It's like feels different. Like everything about it's mm-hmm. different. It's like not just. So that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I have a question, a technical question. It ends. Yeah. If the, if they're a day. You said by October 1st. I mean, like, I guess they have to submit by before then anyways. So mm-hmm. anyways, if you're... If, if yeah, because the campaign will probably be closed. Yeah, we'll probably wait to the second or something but to, like, okay. pick. But just FYI, if anyone hears Thank this. Thank you, Donations. There's more information in the show notes. Thank you, boys, for doing oh, this yeah. again. Oh, well, of course. I mean, we will appreciate it. It's awesome. It's also, it's like, not, you know, I guess it's a good enough cause maybe but I, i'll probably need a couple more stats before i'm really convinced but you know it's just nice to be able to make like a cool a cool thing like we would never have made an all gold one mm-hmm. you know no. like we no, wouldn't there's have no world that. in which this product exists without the merciless fundraiser no and it's like so cool that it's like not only are we making a somewhat ost- i mean it looks it's actually not that ostentatious because it's like matte and stuff but you know it's gold <laughs> but it's like you can kind of do anything. It's like yeah. for this, it's like it's great, you know, and it feels great. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I'm, it's such a great, uh, I'm happy that we could do it again. So there's not just five in the world, but we'll have to come up with different thing next time. I have some ideas actually already. So I do feel like, you know, I probably made this joke last time. So please forgive me if I'm just remaking the same jokes. Anyone that has one of these, if there's ever like a studio in Eat Factory. They should be able to get to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's like a Willy Wonka's like golden ticket. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how we could make a key or something that is differentiate. Dif- I guess if it was like magnet. Oh, that's maybe how we could do Oh, by weight? Yeah, maybe by like weight and some kind of color scan thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. It is a golden ticket uh, to uh, anything you want. The whole world. <laughs> oh, hello. Wow. Okay. Kids no, I just mean, you know, I'd give away 20% of the company. That's cool. Whatever. Oh, okay. Wow. 20% of the company for $20. Let's hope that you had that one lucky entry. That's right. That's right. Very lucky $20. Cool. Well, also, I mean, I don't know if we like publicly released how much we like realized, raised last time, but uh, we got to do more this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, yeah. How much just, our our contribution was? Yeah. Is that yeah? I don't remember how many raffle tickets. Uh, it's pretty good odds, but not that good odds. So you just better pump it up there. Is all I'm saying there, dear listener. Yeah. Well, my advice is go for the top donor spot. Yeah, it that's the easiest way. A yeah. pen. That's the easiest. That's a good point. Path. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. It's currently at like seven and a half thousand dollars as the top donor. We have classy listeners. Top top donor. You don't have to top that. You should top that. And how dare you if you don't top that? Mm-hmm. But it's top donor. Top donor that writes thoroughly considered, not the top donor overall. Just to make that ah, clear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It needs to be a public one because sometimes we do actually have what are known as offline donors yeah. as yeah. well. Mm. It doesn't come up on yeah. the page. Yeah. So the top, That's it's the top donor who participates things. in this raffle. Who says thoroughly considered. Exactly. So listeners out there, you have the option. You know, maybe you wait until September 30th and snipe. I'm yeah. not going to judge you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you could snipe. Just keep your eye on it. 
you could snipe. That's a, that's a fun game. You should snipe. <laughs> but, you know, also remember that there are network and game effects where if you do that now, there will be more people. So you will be making a greater good yeah, in the world. think but, of yeah, the children. Cool, cool, you could game it too. Yeah. Sure, you know, whatever. <laughs> I think, do you remember? I feel like several of the people that got it last year, though, did have on the lower side donation, I'm pretty sure. They were all, nobody, no, uh, nobody that won bought one ticket. So it was, uh, mm. everyone was, mm. you know, they bought a few, a handful. Yeah. Chances. Okay. Yeah. Well, so take that as knowledge. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm like filtering out those applicants. Well, we're not, know, not, not saying not, I did. Not, not, not saying not. it. Not, not, yeah. Not, but I'm not not saying it. <laughs> <laughs> no, anything, anything you can donate is awesome. It all goes to the good place. That's right. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 103.